Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Agenda series. Joining you Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. UK time. I'm joined this morning by Umar. How do you, mate? You good, you well? Yeah, it's good. Everything's good. Um, you're just discussing off here, like the heat. It's, mm. it's ridiculous over in the UK, but... If we keep saying that, people are going to be like in a chat box. What are you lot complaining about? It's only 30 <laughs> degrees. But other than that, I'm good. I hope you will also. Yeah. Yeah. Apologies if you hear any drilling or stuff in the background. There's a lot of stuff going around this area and I have to have the windows open now because it's just silly hot. Um, so, yeah, apologies for for that. But good morning to those joining us in the chat box. Uh, team is yelling timber. I mean, are you yelling timber? It looks like this deal is getting closer to uh, potential completion. I'm yelling Simba, uh, honestly. Like, for me, it is, it's going a bit under the radar, this signing, in terms of how good it is, to be honest. Because obviously we've been linked with Declan Rice. We've been pursuing the deal for Kai Havertz and their big money, big money deals to sign both of those players, two high-caliber players, two standout mm. players. But for me, Timber's going under the radar because I think a lot of fans don't realise what an astute and shrewd signing this this potentially is. Like, this is a player which has done so well for Ajax for a number of years. He's played at a high level and he's only 22 years of age. Like, he, he's still very, very young, but he's got that high-level experience of playing in a, a competitive league like Eredivisie, yeah. um, Champions League experience, European pedigree. He, he plays for the Netherlands national team. Just this World Cup over in Qatar, he was one of Louis van Gaal's main players in that in, in the heart of the defence. Netherlands reverted to a back five during the World Cup tournament. And when I was watching them play in Qatar, he was, again, one of the most standout players. He's someone that likes to be on the front foot, someone that is robust, someone that likes always intercepting balls that you probably don't expect. But yeah, I think for, for the fee that is being touted, um, I think it's 45 million euros. I think it's a very good sign. And then, a lot of people keep talking about what Mikel Arteta is, is discussing in these phone calls with these players. I want to know. I, I, I want to know because Mikel Arteta could ring me and he could he could tell me something and I'll be like, all aboard the Mikel Arteta train. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's a very, very good signing. And out of all the signings, like Declan Rice, Kai Havertz, He's the one that most gets me hyped in a way. And some people may think, ah, oh, no, that's that's a bit overboard. But it's such an intriguing signing. Like, I think the level of competition that increases from just bringing him in, it means mm. that you've got a player that can play in so many different positions, right centre-back, right back, even potentially midfield. And for me, it also shows why potentially we're not going for Moises Caicedo. Because this mm. is a player... I think that can do that job in a number of positions. I think if you're going to bring Caicedo, they were looking at him for that inverted role as well because he's he's played there at Brighton, someone that can slot in midfield as well. And if you're getting someone at 22 years of age, which which has the credentials and which has the capabilities to fill that role, I think you're getting a top, top player. So I'm happy. And you just need to add in the fact that he's rejected by Munich. Um, he's probably rejected Manchester United. Like we're doing mm. some big things this transfer window. Yeah, it's it's great to see kind of the players, you know, that convinced by the club, that convinced that they're in the right place, and the Mikel Arteta is the guy that's going to take them to the next level. So, Yuri and Timber, Declan Rice, where are we at with this, Uma? You know what? We had the conversation on Friday. Was it Friday or Thursday? One one of those days, 
and the confidence was still there. I know you kept giving those sly digs about, oh, my, you said that we're going to win the Premier League title, etc. But I was always confident. I was always confident because preference is a big is a big thing in football. And obviously, until the deal is done, you're still going to have that little bit of worry in the back of your mind. But it seems that Declan Rice, his preference is to play uh, for Arsenal, similar to when Gabriel Jesus wanted to play for Arsenal uh, last summer, last transfer window. So the, the crazy thing is, you keep hearing of Manchester City tabling a bit. Manchester City tabling a bit. Where is the bid? It's been over four days. And yeah. I, I, there, there is no sign of bid. It seems that now they're pursuing a deal for Gavidor. Um, it seems that they're going to throw big bucks at that deal to bring him in. And it seems that is the pressing issue for Manchester City as of now. And if Manchester City really wanted to pursue a deal for Declan Rice, honestly, they would have tabled the bid right now. Yeah. They would have tabled the bid. But it seems that Declan Rice hasn't really given that go-ahead to basically Pep Guardiola, the Manchester City team, transfer, whoever whoever are dealing with that, uh, with those negotiations. It seems his heart is set on Arsenal. Arsenal right now, I think they're playing it very well. <laughs> I think West Ham are getting a bit desperate, trying mm. to put the teams into the negotiation t- uh, table. But yeah, I think this week, I think is the big week. I think you're probably going to hear a bit more news, whispers coming out that Arsenal have tabled the third bid. And hopefully, fingers crossed, that third bid uh, will get this deal over the line. Fingers crossed that it does. I think that obviously you're right about to highlight the Man City side of things. West Ham have always tried to, you know, entice other teams to come to the fore, to pressure Arsenal into bidding higher. And, you know, Arsenal have faced a lot of criticism. If Arsenal get this deal done for £100 million or maybe even slightly under £100 million, you know, the amount of credit they deserved is, is, is massive because... Initially, the valuations were stretching as high as 120 odd million pounds, mm. as, as plenty of reliable and rep, uh, reputable sources suggested. Arsenal's bidding prices going in lower has brought the valuation down. Even Man City was suggested to be going in if they were going to bid with around 90 million pounds as well. The fact of the matter is that clubs like Arsenal and Man City, you know, aren't necessarily willing to go above or way above that 100 million pound price tag. Mm. So. If Arsenal get this deal done and around or under that figure, you know, it's a great success for the club to get their priority target for the summer through the doors. And I saw some interesting words going out about how, you know, Arsenal are looking to try and do things differently now. They can't always compete with City or Mm. Barcelona or Real Madrid in terms of, you know, finances sometimes. What they can do is that they can build up these relationships with the players. They can build up the strong kind of... um, you know, in a way in which you're speaking to the player to convince them that, to, that they're coming. You mentioned Mikel Arteta already, that he's going to be key. Another player that, you know, we're, we're looking at potentially is Romeo Lavia. Um, he, of course, I've seen suggestions being with the same agency as Bukayo Saka, that strong relationship on the agency side of things. Do you remember those days when Edu first came in and we all panicked about an, an agent-based approach to mm. players being an issue? Because, you know, we'd done things through primarily with data and scouting and that we saw a lot of issues initially with players like Willian, David Louise uh, coming into the club. But now it does seem that that strong, connective um, kind of links and spiderweb, if you like, of contacts is really helping us to get players in and convince them that this is the right place for them to come to. 
Yeah, patience is a virtue. I think when he first came in, there was a lot of uh, scepticism around Edu in terms of oh, why is he bringing in players that he's very close to already, such as Willie and such as David Luiz, etc. But you have to remember, he, he was building uh, his, his contacts within the game. This was potentially his big job. I know he's worked over in Brazil, but it's probably when you look at in and around Europe, this is probably his first massive job. Uh, in terms of being um, the main man in terms of transfer negotiations, etc. And a few years down the line, it seems to be working the trick. Obviously, he does have his faults. Um, he still has got. He still he still has issues that he needs to improve in terms of getting the best uh, possible fees for outgoing players. But when you look at it from afar, the fact that the groundwork is being done for big players such as Declan Rice. Timber, etc. The fact that these players are rejecting, well, I say rejecting, but hopefully rejecting clubs like Manchester City, Bayern, Bayern Munich of this world, it shows that we're doing the right thing. And I think it also stems from Mikel Arteta. Um, when you look at the project in and around Europe, Arsenal's project is the best. Like, I don't want to hear things about Chelsea. I don't want to hear things about other European clubs because when I look at Arsenal from afar, even as a neutral, when you take out the biasness side, you look at Arsenal, what they're building with this young team, hungry team, hungry manager. They've got a very, very good chance of winning trophies in, in the upcoming years if they keep their players uh, together, which they have done this summer. There was a lot of talk about Bakaya Saka. Uh, we had to keep him. They've done that. They got that deal over the line. The real doubt was probably William Saliba, but they got that over the line. And I think that was a huge boost. Everything else is a bonus uh, on top of that. Say, for example, we signed Declan Rice this summer, we signed Timber, etc., but we allowed a player like William Saliba to depart. It'll be one step forward and two steps back. And a club like Arsenal, it, it, it just wouldn't work in a way, especially with the fact that we're competing with Manchester City. So the fact that we've got kept this crop of players, the Odegaard, Salibas, uh, Sackers, Martinelli's together, they're going to they're gonna continue to improve. They're going to get stronger year on year. And if you keep adding players alongside them, You've got a very, very scary team like next season and the year uh, years ahead of us. So I'm optimistic about the future. Um, I, I'm really, really excited to what we can do next season. The fact that we're back in the Champions League, it's going to be another potential opportunity to go find that competition. A lot of fans keep saying we need to take it a bit. We, we don't need to go a bit overboard because we've not done well in Europe in recent seasons. But I look at the Champions League competition this season coming up. There's a lot of teams in transition in and around Europe. You look at PSG, you look at Bayern Munich, you look at other teams in and around Europe. Real Madrid's Karim Benzema, he's departed. Um, they've signed the striker for Joselu on loan. So there's a lot of teams that are going to be in transition. So why can't we have an opportunity if we get a favourable draw in the group stages, knockout stages, to go find this competition. No point competing in the Champions League if you don't have the mindset that, listen, we can win this competition if we, if we put it all, all our eggs in, in this basket. But no, I'm excited for what's, what's to come because the things that we're doing um, is phenomenal as of now. I think you're mute. <laughs> I realized I literally I looked at my screen and it said I was muted and 
no, I think you're absolutely right, mate. I think uh, when it comes to you know the Champions League, especially, it's a great opportunity for us um, to, to see what we're capable of, and we need to make sure that we're you know well stocked and and, and got strength in depth. Now, in the chat box, uh, there was a question asking about Javi Simmons, Nwanzo, uh, asking the question. Any update on that? Uh, Lequipe have reported this morning that. Xavi Simmons doesn't want to move back to PSG. They have that €6 million euro buyback clause. But it's also important to remember, you know, people talk about Charlie Patino, how we need like a buyback clause inserted. Players don't have to move just because mm. you insert a buyback clause. It's down to the player, you know, whether or not they want to make that switch. So we're seeing, obviously, in the case of Xavi Simmons, that happening now. Now, the keep say that Arsenal are one of the teams interested in him. We had a little chat off air before we went live about kind of the question mark around how do you fit him in? But you bring in the Champions League argument. Is there an argument that a signing like Xavi Simmons would add real strong depth to the team as well? Yeah, I like the player. I think the player is very good. I'm just thinking about how stocked we already are in those positions. I know he's quite versatile. He can play off the flanks. He can play in the roles that might know Odegaard occupies or Havertz could potentially occupy. But we've got someone like Fabio Vieira, who still we're not including in this bracket, someone that we paid a lot of money for. Um, you add him in there, Odegaard, um, Havertz. So there are options there. But if the fee is right, you're potentially looking at something in the region of 20, 25 million pounds, potentially, then you could probably think it's something that we could um, ponder. Because for me, I like technical players. I like technicians. But I look at Emil Smith-Rowe um, last night for the England under-21s. It seems that he's getting back to his best. Um, two goals in two games for, 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 for the national team. Great finish yesterday. That, it reminded me of that Arsenal tick-attacker, um, the way they were playing the game. And he comes onto the ball and it's a great finish. So need to chuck Emil Smith-Rowe in there as well because I think this is a big season upcoming for him. He needs to get um, his body more prepared. He needs to overcome these injuries. And I think if he does that, He's another great player that we have in our hands. But yeah, it's just a fee. If the fee is right, I could um, potentially be on board with it. But there's going to be a whole host of teams that want a player like Xavi Simmons. It seems that Tottenham want him. Um, in the past, Chelsea have been linked with him. You've you just touched on PSG. So there's going to be a lot of competition. But it seems that that link with Darren Dean is quite interesting. Mm. So potentially it's one to watch. I think right now we do the business. We get in. Declan Rice, Timber, Havertz, and maybe another midfielder in the mode of Lavia. And then we think about outgoings. And then when it comes to the final weeks of the window, I could see Arsenal potentially getting one more uh, through the door. So get these mm. uh, first four in, and then we can think about one more in the final few weeks. Uh, Umar, I'm going to ask you to take uh, and go solo for a second with a couple of the chat box questions because I've got a delivery which I'm actually going to, I'm hoping that I can show on stream. So uh, okay. bear with me and take some questions from the chat. Okay. Got a question here from Kabai. How far is about Rice? So it seems right now this week is going to be the big week in terms of Declan Rice, in terms of Arsenal potentially tailoring a third bid for the West Ham United captain. Um, right now it's interesting I keep touching on the fact that this talk of Manchester City coming in Manchester City coming in but there's been no bid on the table like it seems very quiet and Manchester City are not a club which go a bit overboard in terms of spending a lot of money they've been linked with um, Gavidal it seems that deal they're pursuing a lot but can you really see Manchester City spending 200 million 300 million pounds this window I can't personally 
So I think the fact that they've got in Kovacic, I think that is their replacement for Gundogan. And I think if they are going to strengthen in the attacking areas or, or fullback areas, they've been linked with Hakimi, I think, in the past few days. Um, Bernardo Silva's future is uncertain. I think if they are going to strengthen, it's probably going to be in the heart of the defence and probably in the attacking positions. And have you got your delivery, TC? Yes, I do, mate. Just come through the door. Jeez. Ooh. Look at that. The new trading kit through the new door. Sign, new signing for Arsenal, that is. It's new signing, yes. Who needs Declan Rice? Who needs Declan Rice? No, I'd, any chance to get a black kit of Arsenal's, I, you know, it just take that all day long. So, uh, yeah, happy days. Love that. Um, let's, uh, what did you say, sorry? Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, it's very nice. Very nice kits. Uh, I've seen a lot of people. I, I was at the live event, uh, the Arsenal Vision Arse blog live mm. event at Union Chapel a month ago. The amount of people that have that black goalkeeper kit for this right. season. But you, like, you know what? Would you wear it, though? In terms I of a goalkeeper kit? No, I don't know. I, when, yeah. it happened, when it came out, I was really keen on it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get that. But then I didn't. I just held off a bit because also there's mm. been some issues you've probably seen the Adidas yeah. recalls on the authentic home kit. So I'm going to hold off and see if any of the training kits come out that are really nice. And literally they dropped this one and I was like, well, I've got to go and get that because yeah. it's just, yeah, it's perfect. So yeah, happy days indeed. Um, Declan Rice, the chat says, Tom, buy a merch, count me in. There you go, Declan. Hopefully we can see you in an Arsenal shirt very soon, my friends. Fingers crossed. Um, last thing, hopefully this week we're expecting an announcement on Kai Havertz. So what are you laughing at? <laughs> I'm just laughing at the Instagram post last night. Oh, Jorginho with the eyes. Yeah, Even him. Funny. He said we are ready with Kovacic. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Me. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> He knows what he's doing. Hilarious. What do you think? What do you think of the deal that obviously being announced this week? I I did a show last night on TGT with Elliot from Arsenal Vision, and mm-hmm. we agreed that if Rice signs, if Timber signs, you know, even if we get Alavia, who knows? Maybe even Javi Simmons. The Havertz deal is the one I'm weirdly most excited. I've become most excited about this deal because I'm really curious as to what Arsenal can do with it. Yeah, I think he's going to do well. Honestly, I think he's going to do well. I think he's been at Chelsea in a system which doesn't favour him, which doesn't basically allow him to blossom. He's an attacking player. He likes to strut his stuff and play with good attacking players. And Chelsea don't have that, to be honest. Chelsea, as of now, are a mess. They were a mess last season and they kept chopping and changing the teams. Managerial um, changes probably didn't uh, help him. Um, when you play a player one week as a number nine and then you next week you play him out wide and they play him in the number number 10 position, he's not going to have that consistency. And I think finally, you know, when we buy players from Chelsea, they always get that warm reception when they're back at Stamford Bridge. I'll tell you for a fact now, Havertz won't get a warm reception when he's back at Stamford Bridge next season because he's that type of player that can make an impact. He's at that good age, 24 years of age. He's, he's, he's not yet hit his peak, but at Arsenal, you could see it happening. And that left centre mid position where Shaka has occupied last season, it interests me a lot. And I think I could see Mikel Arteta working wonders with him. The fact that Havertz, uh, I think recent reports emerged uh, the past few days, he's so impressed with Mikel Arteta's project. Um, he thinks it's one of the best, if not the best, in Europe. I'm very, very excited. And I think if we can get Havertz, the Havertz that was 
killing it in Bayer Leverkusen during those days in the Bundesliga. I think we've got top, top talent uh, on our hands. And you look at what he can offer. So much versatility. If we don't want to play uh, away from home and if we don't want to use Gabriel Jesus up front in the number nine position, he could do that role, slot in and, and, and play that role. He can play off the flank. He can play as a number 10. He can play as a left-sided midfield. And this is what we need. If we want to get to what Manchester City have done, the level that they have reached, we need players that can play in a number of positions. So I'm excited. And yeah, I love that picture with Jorginho and um, Havertz. <laughs> Ch- Chelsea fans are hurting. They're hurting, bro. Oh, I, I tell you what, I have caught so many Chelsea fans with tweets recently. Um, you know, there's there's rumours that he's he might have even taken a bit of a pay cut to move to Arsenal because I think the Athletic reported that he was on just under £300,000 per week at Chelsea. Mm. That's probably with all bonuses, you know, included. Mm. And there's suggestions that his wage at Arsenal might be around the 210 to 240 um, like that kind of figure. So if I tweeted out saying like, oh, Havertz has taken a pay cut to come to Arsenal, nice. And the amount of Chelsea fans that are just like jumping on the back of it. It's great. It's glorious. I love it. Reeled I don't them mind in, it. Just reeled them in. I don't mind winding them up. It's great. It's wonderful. Um, anyway, we're going to round the show off there, but it's not your last piece of content from us on the channel today. A little bit later on uh, today, we'll be recording our View from the Clock End podcast. Uh, Kyra is away on holiday at the moment, so myself and, and Umar. Umar, though, to switch things up, I'm going to say it's going to be in the hosting chair for uh, for the podcast. Interesting. So uh, Interesting. I think because otherwise it's just going to be this again. Let's flip it round. Mm-hmm. I've tweeted out uh, if you would like to send in any questions, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tom Cantor Media. I'm sure Umar will post on Twitter as well. Uh, you can find him on a silly handle on Twitter. It's at Umar underscore Umar C something. What is no it? No comment, bro. No comment. <laughs> Honestly, I, he's in my tweet, so you can tweet him as well. Uh, but at Tom Cantamedia, you can find me that there and uh, you can send in your questions for the podcast a little bit later on. Thank you for listening. Uh, do drop a like on the video. Umar, thank you for joining me. See you later, bro. See you later. Indeed. We'll see you soon. Uh, Have a fantastic day, people. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.